Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Sports Radio 610 presents Seth Payne and Sean Pendergast. We coming to age time. Let's get the work in, man. Let's go. Hey, what's happening, everybody? Happy Wednesday to all of you. Nice to be with you. Appreciate you getting up with us. We are live in West Palm Beach, Lake Worth Beach to be exact. We'll be in West Palm Beach a little later on today for Astros and Red Sox. We're brought to you by uh, our trip here to spring training. Payne and Pendergast. Sean Pendergast, Seth Payne, brought to you by Shoppa's John Deere. Good morning, yeah. Seth Payne. I don't know if we're actually in Lake Worth Beach because I went over the bridge over the Intracoastal today, and the, it, there's wow. a sign that says, Welcome to Lake Worth Beach, once you okay. get over the Intracoastal, which makes okay. sense Yeah, because there's not really a beach <laughs> right here. There's a golf course on the water. Am I clout chasing? Yeah, you're making a little it bit. sound like I, we got like we're right on the beach. Kind of like you claim you live in River Oaks. <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, a little it bit. Says like River it. Oaks on the side of my building. <laughs> <laughs> Same way, everything, every laundromat and uh, down near NASA is NASA laundromat. Why he ran into my parade? <laughs> By the way, that's a little thing that people get away with down there, like in Clear Lake. Like, there's no. I guess there's no trademark or copyright or anything on NASA. So it's like oh. NASA laundromat, NASA t-shirts. Oh, yeah. 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 NASA hot oil massage. That's clout chasing. Yeah. That yeah. is the, yeah, the space program. Yeah. <laughs> space program clout chasing. We're just chasing off of a clout chasing off of a, a beach here in Florida. Wow, you took the long walk today, huh? I took a 90-minute walk. I had to listen to all this audio from the combine. Yeah. Getting worked up now. A lot of stuff. <sighs> we got D'Amico coming up today, too. We will be listening to D'Amico on D'Amico's our... D'Amico's today? D'Amico's today at noon central time. So as the Astros are throwing the first pitch against the Red Sox, yeah. uh, it would be Hunter Brown today, I believe. As Hunter Brown is throwing the first pitch, we will be knee-deep in D'Amico audio in our ear in our AirPods. So we saw, Multitasking. We saw Luis Garcia yesterday. Yeah. I'll get back to the Lake Worth Beach stuff, everybody. Don't worry. But we saw Luis <laughs> Save Garcia. Save that for the big audience. Yeah. <laughs> it was nice over there in Lake yeah. Worth Beach. Kind of. I feel kind of like trash now. We're just. <laughs> it's a nice spot we got. We're right west here. side of the intercoastal trash okay. is what we are. Yeah. They kind of scoffed him. Everybody was literally turning their nose. To make up my own me. breakfast this morning. Yeah. Didn't have servants yeah. or anything. Yeah. So. Luis Garcia. Luis Garcia looked very, very, very good. That's a. Yes, that is a 
That's a big relief, especially after watching Jose Altuve struggle in the first game with, the new, with, with how the new rules affect him. It looked like he was swinging at mosquitoes in front of him. Garcia looked better than, than normal. Yeah, you know? I did, you know what? In Pitching Ninja on Twitter did one of those side-by-sides yeah. where it showed Luis Garcia's old... Uh, his old motion. Oh, versus, you learn? Oh, I'll show it to you in a minute here. Yeah. Um, versus his new one. Well, for one, I don't know. His new motion takes about 47 seconds less time. It's than, quicker, yeah. It's ridiculously fast. And it does. one of the things Luis Garcia talked about yesterday after the game was that he wants to be able to go deeper into, into games, obviously. Like all these young guys now that Verlander's sure. gone. Um, and I do wonder... It, He's much more efficient. It doesn't take as long when he winds up. He takes one little step backwards instead of the, the three steps in the rock. In the rock, yeah, yeah. And and he looked very, very good. He faced seven batters. He let up one hit and retired. Uh, he had four strikeouts. Retired the other six. So it was a very, very good outing for him. And I, you just wonder with the pitch clock. Okay. It's going to be more intense in terms of for a lot of the guys. They're going to be pitching more pitches in a smaller amount of time or, you know, pitching the same amount of pitches in less amount of time. And yet on average, they'll spend less time sitting in the dugout, you know, waiting for the next inning, which for pitchers, a lot of time, it's the simple fact of getting cool and then warming up and then getting cool and then warming up. I wonder if guys will be able to go deeper in general because their total outing time will be less. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I I think there may be something to that. I, I think it's, that's a decent hypothesis. I used to get hungry during football games. Did you? It used to drive me insane because they wouldn't, they, you know, they'd tell you to eat like four hours before the game and then don't eat solids. It'll hurt your stomach. And they've less, they've relaxed on that since then. I used to be starving by the third quarter. Did they have any nourishment down on the sidelines at all? They had your Gatorade and like your orange slices at halftime and everything. But now you'll see guys actually eating some a solid power bar and food. stuff yeah. nowadays. Yeah. You gotta find that balance. Oh man. Four hours for a to... big behemoth of a man, a big hulking manly man like myself. <laughs> Coming out of retirement? Just a, basically a god chiseled out of granite. <laughs> you sound like you might want to play football again just so you can eat on the sidelines <laughs> i get so jealous every time i see altuve eating his power bars I know, I know. his mid-afternoon snack <laughs> that's right that's right so i'm with you luis garcia looked really good 30 pitches 20 strikes the four strikeouts were nice um the bats were a lot the bats were they were alive in basically two innings enough to score eight runs they scored five in the first inning they chased Jose Quintana, who at one time was a really good pitcher for the White Sox, and yesterday he was basically a, a batting practice machine for the Astros in the, the cool, first inning. Yeah, the cool thing was we got to see Edwin Diaz, who has the big uh, the trumpets entrance. The, dun, the dun, Mets dun, closer dun, came in in the dun, third, dun, and dun, I was dun, very disoriented. Yeah, yeah. Ben, be sure we pay the royalties on that. Yeah, just hum that. You sound um, just like it, yes. That, uh, yeah, so it was weird, though, yeah, because usually they play that as he comes out of the bullpen gates. And it's kind of a big deal. The lights go down. Same thing we've got going now with Presley and Metallica. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, but it's really cool. And yet they're playing it like as he's out there on the mound, warming up as the guy starting off the third inning. Well, it was yeah. weird. And I, they brought him in, and then it's you know it's an exhibition game. So in the third inning or yeah. fourth inning, whatever it was, so I kind of forgot who was pitching. Once he came in, I'm like, oh, it's Edwin Diaz. Then I forgot. And the part of the order that was coming up was like the cor- the Jose Abreu court, like four, five, six, and seven, which raked in the first inning, like. They they were hit like Abreu hit a double, Corey Lee hit a double, a shot, Hensley hit a home run, and I'm like, oh, 
cool Diaz, and I forget it's Diaz. Now I'm watching the guys hit. I'm like, well, Corey Lee doesn't look quite as good in this at bat. Yeah. Nor does David Hensley. And then like <laughs> two innings later, I'm like, oh, that's right. They were going against the Mets closer yeah. in the third inning of the game. Yeah, exhibition yeah, baseball is a little weird. You know, the, <laughs> yeah. the Mets are panicking. Yeah. <laughs> they brought in Diaz in the <laughs> third. We're <laughs> down five nothing. Um, we got to see a uh, we got to see a strikeout because of a pitch clock violation. That yesterday. was unfortunate. I thought it was cool getting yeah. you to see it. I felt like, yeah, it was. Uh, you're right. It was. It like, was weird. I'm, I'm always going to remember where I was. Yes, when I saw Yiner Diaz strike out because of a pitch clock violation. I remember where I was uh, when uh, the Challenger incident happened. Yep. Uh, I yep. remember where I was when Kennedy was shot. Yeah. <laughs> I remember where I was when we bombed Hiroshima, mm-hmm. and now I'll always remember where uh, I was when Yiner Diaz right. struck are, out. Uh, you were actually on Earth for it, right? Yeah. 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 Uh, it was weird. Like the vibe was weird um, because he's he's standing there, he's getting ready to get in the batter's box, and I had actually looked at the clock, the pitch clock. I, yeah. I I'm not that drawn to it as as much as I thought I'd be. Well, you can't see it, but it's way out there. Yeah, yeah, but but I but I it's still I still try to look at it from time to time. But I on that particular at bat, I'm looking, I'm like, there's only ten seconds left, and he's not in the box. And then yeah. sure enough, sure enough, like. The way it plays out is weird because he gets in the box, he looks at the ump, and then he just starts walking back to the dugout. Yeah. And the crowd kind of realizes what's going on. It's a Mets crowd. Yeah. So they look around, they're like, oh, yeah, we should be cheering. He just struck out because of a pitch clock violation. It I noticed strange. One thing I've noticed when you and I talk about the pitch clock, usually I'm the one that's oddly literal about stuff in yeah. an annoying way. But when I say you can't even see the pitch clock, you get you're, you're, you'd have to explain to me. Yes, you can. It's right there out underneath the, the such and such. I didn't say that. I didn't like, explain yeah, I can, it to you. I can see it. It's just not, it's not clear and present you're in your vision. You're interpreting the way I'm talking no, that I'm you, lecturing you. You tried to explain to me twice where it was. On, uh, our I boss did? is nodding yet. Yes, because oh, okay. he was in the car. Oh, he was. Uh, okay. You were like explaining to me where it was in okay. the Astros ballpark. Okay. I was like, yeah, I know, I know. It's just uh, it's you, it's not like clear and present in your vision when you're watching the game. It doesn't feel like, oh my gosh, I can't escape the pitch clock. <laughs> oh my god, there's going to be a psychoanalysis of this done by the end of the show. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm I'm admitting. Usually, I'm the one that's like, well, actually, Sean. Yeah. Um, but I think that uh, the other thing I know It is a strange hill for me to die on. <laughs> I'll admit that. <laughs> Technically so. It's right there. It's very But it is like it's it's like the size of the play clock in the NFL. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah. It's about like so the quarterback yeah. can see it down at the end of the end zone, but it's right, not like right. when you're it's not like when you're at the stadium you can see it up huge or anything yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's about the same size. I had a pastrami sandwich yesterday because the Mets, uh, I was walking around the concourse. <laughs> when in Rome. <laughs> yeah, well, I was walking yeah. around the concourse trying to look for something unique, and it's not like they go all out at these spring training games yeah. the same way they do in normal Strami's stadiums. Pretty good. That's a pretty good item. Well, yeah. I, I texted you because yeah. I was like, pastrami, like, I've never, I don't think I've ever seen pastrami at a ballpark or a, a stadium or anything. It's got to be a New York thing. Yeah, prob- yeah, it, yeah, it very much. It's like a New York deli kind of thing. Well, and I was a little bit disappointed because I realized as the woman was cutting it, I'm like, that looks a lot like just brisket. Yeah. And uh, so I asked the woman working who, you know, is obviously – just a Florida native who doesn't know a damn thing about pastrami. Right. She, uh, I was like, uh, I was expecting her to like come back in a Brooklyn accent or something. Like, oh yeah, it's pastrami. My grandpa taught me how to make it. Um, I was like, so what is that? Is that like beef? Is it brisket? And she's like, I, I don't know. Is it pork or something? She asked the kid next to her. Uh, and he's like, I think it's beef. Yeah. Uh, okay. Thanks. So I looked it up and, uh, it's either, it's either brisket or it's another cut 
kind of like the brisket. But it is and they, and they Yeah, and they, but they pickle it for like five days, and then you eat it. So it's like a brisket sandwich, except uh, with Thumbs a dill up. flavor to it. Yeah, Thumbs it's pretty up. good. It was good? Except it's weird, because I kind of like was... I was getting eager for brisket at that point, <laughs> and it was like, "Oh, this is like a this is a cold pickly brisket." This yeah. is good, but where's the brisket stand? We have several of those at our ballpark in Texas. Well, it's all like when she's cutting it, it's all you know, thickly peppered and everything, like a brisket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then when you bite into it, it's cold and clammy. Like if I like, uh, like if if you're at a barbecue and you're like, "Hey, can you stick that in the fridge?" And like, uh, and like, jellify it for five days first. That's that was what pastrami. Meant. Yeah. Um, all right, we are uh, we're live in West Palm Beach. We'll be at Red Sox Astros today, a little bit later on, and we'll be keeping you in tune. If you've been following our social media all week long, we've been keeping you up to speed on the games and our trip and everything else. Big thanks to Shoppers John Deere for bringing us down here. Up next, Nick Casario met with the media at the combine yesterday. He is still not mentioning a certain Texan. By name. <laughs> that is next. <laughs> Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Shoppers John Deere presents live from West Palm Beach for the start of spring baseball. Thanks to Academy Sports and Outdoors, it's Payne and Pendergast on Sports Radio 610. Yeah, we're really looking at the entire kind of team building process. So we've kind of started with our team, uh, kind of had uh, D'Amico and the staff had an opportunity to look at our team. We know we're going to add to this position. We have one player on the roster currently. I'd say it's probably going to be a combination of draft to free agency, could be two draft, could be two, you know, however it goes. So we're going to look at whatever resources we have available to us, try to make the right decision. But really, it's about the total team-building process. It's not really about one position. So we're going to be very thoughtful. We're going to take our time to try to make good decisions um, all throughout the spring. All right. So uh, at D'Amico Ryan's introductory press conference, he was asked about the quarterback position. He said we have one player under contract. 
Yeah. Nick Casario asked about that position yesterday at the Combine. We have one player under contract. You, 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 you love the fact they haven't mentioned Davis Mills by name. I don't, I don't love it. I just find it interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, it's interesting that because there's a little bit of symmetry here with when Casario was brought in, he called Deshaun Watson the player. The player. And a lot of people got really upset by that. And that was when he still wanted to keep him. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I think, uh, you know, I, I think then we were all so heightened in our sensitivity to anything that seemed like like a Belichick imitation or anything. Yeah. So people were nervous about that. I didn't think it was a big deal because I kind of – there's something that a lot of football people do where, like, it's just easier to kind of talk about players by their number or just talk about the player. And there's two purposes. One is just a pain in the ass to remember everybody's name. Uh, so you get in the habit of doing it. And two is I, I do think maybe with GMs more so or personnel people – you want to depersonalize guys a lot of times so you so you keep emotion out of it and you keep assumptions out of it. So with Casario, there might be a part of it where he just tries to depersonalize it so he's kind of thinking in terms of like the actual player yeah. versus like, oh, everything that I know, love, and hate or whatever about Davis Mills or Deshaun Watson or anything else. We'll, we'll hear more from Casario in a second, but that's interesting as long as we're talking about Davis Mills for a second here. It was um, Casario in his opening statement yesterday was pretty clear that the real, it sounds like the only two people from the Texans uh, that are at the Combine are him and D'Amico. Well, there may be some scouts there, too. On the coaching side, it sounds like the only one that's there is D'Amico Ryans. The coaching yeah. staff is back in Houston right, right. studying the team. They, yeah. He mentioned scheme, yeah. all those things. Obviously, they're going to be implementing a new offensive yeah. scheme. And so they're probably looking at, I would imagine, Bobby Slowick and the offensive staff is looking at a lot of Davis Mills. I, what do you think they're seeing when they look at Davis Mills right I, now? I think... If there's one theme that Casario is pretty consistent with, he talks about figuring out what guys can do and how do you build off of that. Yeah. So obviously with Davis Mills, there's some things he can't do that some more athletic guys can do. Um, you know, there's so they're probably trying to figure that out. I think that I and I know some people don't like this trend of coaches not going to the combine. I can't tell you how much smarter it is to leave the coaches at home. Because at the Combine forever, there were just too many people there. And, like, honestly, it turns into a lot of sitting around, wasted time. A lot of the way – like, in, in football in general in the NFL, there are a lot of teams that put in FaceTime, but they're not actually getting productive work done. And I think that going to the Combine is a lot of that. And there's a whole lot of kibitzing that goes on. But it's a personnel-driven event. It's for the personnel people. If you have a personnel staff, let the personnel people do their job. The coaches, for a new team especially, they're trying to get their actual offense together. Like, hey, it would be awesome for all these coaches to go and scout a bunch of players without them even knowing exactly what their offense is going to look like or what the like what the assistant coaches that are new to Bobby Slowick don't know exactly what they should even be looking for. You know, maybe next year it'll be different, but right now there are a lot of groundwork and kind of base level things that need to be done that I think the coach's time is better spent in Houston right now than it is at the Combine. Um, big topic at the Combine this week is the Bears and the number one overall pick. That's one of the – it's a big topic for us, and it's just as I was looking at some of the national coverage, it's a big topic around India as well. It's not just heightened here because we have the second – pick in the draft. The Texans have the second pick in the draft. Um, Nick Casario was asked about the, the Bears 
being open for business with the number one overall pick. His thoughts on that? Yeah, I think we're focused on the Texans. We're not necessarily worried about what other teams around us are doing. I mean, you're cognizant of that, but ultimately you have to be prepared to pick wherever you're going to pick and then be prepared to pick whatever player. So I'd say most teams, again, not to generalize here, but most teams, wherever they pick, you probably have three or four guys that you would feel comfortable taking. So if a team is in front of you and you're only talking about one player, well, that's going to leave two or three other players. So you're either comfortable with that group of players or you're not. So, again, you can't really get too caught up in what other teams are doing. Just try to make decisions that you feel are best for your team and your situation. Okay, two things about this were notable to me. One was what Casario said himself, and two was the reaction to it. Um, one was what Casario said, which this is pretty consistent with him, too. He talks about groups of players, and Casario's a guy who's been very active trading around within the draft. And when he explains it, he very consistently says they're rarely trading for one guy. They're trading to get into a group of players, like a spot in the draft where they feel good. Like, okay, there's a, yeah. there are guys still out there at positions 45 through 50, then, and we feel pretty good about five of the guys in that spot yep. that are still out there. Let's get into that spot in the draft, and one of those guys will be there. Like, he really, I think he very much tries not to fall in love with individual players. He tries to just group them and look at them as like, yeah, we, we got to. We got a probability shot of one of these guys working out. So, so as far as it goes with this particular draft, when he said that, I thought, man, I feel like he probably thinks that the guys at the top of the draft right now, grayed out probability-wise, is kind of similar, whether they're quarterbacks or defensive players. And he might not even feel like any of those guys would be worth trading up for. Like, if he was fifth or sixth, would he think that these guys were worth trading up to? I think there's a good chance he wouldn't. So, yeah. like, why would he bother trading up to number one overall if he feels like, yeah, we're just we're we're all right where we are right I, now? Yeah, I'm no, I'm with you on that. Like, if if we're if if our job is to react to each of these cuts, yeah. right? If there if we are to assume that they all should mean something, that cut right there makes me move more towards he's not moving out of two. He's right. staying at two. If anything, he might trade back. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. and that's what the Kenyon Green trade was. What you were talking about, Seth, with the windows of players. If he feels like there's three or four guys we like, yeah. then we're then, then we'll move into that window and get them. I think the Kenyon Green trade last year where he moved back from thirteen to fifteen was sort of a, a similar version of what you're talking about, yeah. where he's like, Okay, we're at thirteen, we're here. There's three or four guys we already like right here. So, yeah. you know, we can pick up an extra fourth and a fifth here and move back and still get one. We feel Kenyon Green, he may be wrong about that ultimately, right. but they felt that Kenyon Green was basically the same equal as play. Jordan Davis, Kyle Hamilton, those Bingo. guys that ended up yeah. going. Because at the time, I was looking and I was like, wow, I'd love either Kyle Hamilton or Jordan Davis. They you know my feelings on Kyle yeah, Hamilton, yeah. as does Nick. He, yes. trades, he <laughs> trades back. And, and I know I, people, I don't think people like hearing this. I think I don't think I've ever had like one. Pro I love it, like honestly, because I do. Like I feel like I've learned over the years that it is just such a crapshoot. As soon as you start to be cocky or arrogant about one guy that you like in the draft, I feel dishonest with yourself. Yeah, and I think people that have been in personnel a long time feel the same way because they've all. There are a lot of really, really bright people. The best GMs who ever lived have all whiffed a lot on guys. So to have this sense that, like, all right, I'm buying a lottery ticket wherever I go. I want my, so I'm buying my best odds at a specific part in the draft. If there is one big thing that people are going to come away from Nick Casario's press conference yeah. with that the mock draft uh, creators and the draft experts are going to come away with, it came from a, a, a reference to another quarterback 
in the NFL yesterday. You will hear it and wait until you wait until you hear the prediction. Seth is predicting which quarterback the Texans are going to be tied to here in the near future. That is next. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places. Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network. So whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. When it comes to air quality, the bad news is that wildfires and air pollution have really degraded the quality of our air. But the good news is that we are all realizing that the quality of our air, especially our indoor air, is really darn important. In 30 minutes, Puro Air will remove allergens, dust, smoke, and gases from your room. It uses a stronger type of filter called HEPA-14, and it filters pollutants at a microscopic level. Check out everything Puro Air has to offer at GetPuroAir.com. That's G-E-T-P-U-R-O-A-I-R.com. Shoppers John Deere presents live from West Palm Beach for the start of spring baseball. Thanks to Academy Sports and Outdoors, it's Payne and Pendergast on Sports Radio 610. Yes, sir. We are in um, West Palm Beach, Houston Astros spring training. Great to be with you. Astros Red Sox today. We'll circle back to the Astros at the top of the hour, uh, Hunter Brown on the hill today. So that should be that should be fun. The one guy they have in their starting rotation who's used to working with a pitch clock. So we will watch him uh, get the job done today. Um, Nick Casario was at the uh, was meeting with the media yesterday at the combine, and he was asked about a quarterback. Brought up a specific team, and we think that this is what will have everybody talking about the Texans and what they might do with the second overall pick. I mean, I think there's a number of players that can help different teams. Um, they come in different shapes and sizes. So I think in the end, you got to decide, like, what's important? What do you prioritize? I'm not going to tell you what that is, but what's important to you and how you build a team? I think when you look at what Philly did, I mean, there's a good example of how Shane and Nick kind of built their team, built an offense around what Jalen did well. So really what you want to do with every player on your team is what do they do well? What are the things that we can give them to do well and give them the best opportunity to do that? So really that's the focus. It's not one size fits all. So you have to figure out what, what do you value, what's most important, and then build your team accordingly. And then give that player the opportunity to go out there and perform. And don't ask him to do something that, quite frankly, he doesn't do well. Yeah, so I think just in invoking the name Jalen Hurts, that's without having read or seen all that much because we're we're down here spring training doing a whole lot of baseball stuff right now. I am guessing that within the next two days, the mock drafts will respond with the Texans doing something to take an Anthony Richardson. At least a few of them. Yeah, right? there's uh, there. I, I think that the. Bringing up any kind of name unprovoked or unprompted uh, gets people's brains a ticking, and I think there's this there's this sense, and it doesn't quite make sense to me, but that people assume that Casario is going to want to try to find some guy like Tom Brady, 
And it just doesn't make sense anymore because, like, I don't think guys like Tom Brady really are – they're not going to get projected into the first round all that much anymore because it's, it's just so hard to ignore the athleticism of other guys. Um, so, and plus, how do you predict the guy that's going to be like Tom Brady? Oh, a maniacally obsessive, uh, yeah, he, a, a, a maniacally obsessive pocket passer whose brain just uh, outperforms the NFL else's didn't brain. predict it. Yeah, exactly. He's a six exactly. round pick. Yeah. So, and the other thing too about the Patriots was, you know, remember they brought Tim Tebow in. Now they didn't spend a high draft pick on him or anything, but there was a part of Belichick that was very intrigued. Oh, yeah. by a guy like Tebow, and people would talk about how Belichick had always been uh, intrigued by like the old single wing version of the NFL. So I. I think that that's what people start doing with uh, with Anthony Richardson. I think that, I think you start seeing the Texans take him with uh, some kind of trade up from twelve or back from number one. I well, and that seems to be where he's going right now in yeah. these mock drafts. I've yet, I say, I've yet to see one. I mean, we've done one every day for like the last three or four weeks. So at some point along the way, we've probably had one where the Texans take Anthony Richardson. But if we did, it was just one, and I can't remember it. We've seen, though, Anthony Richardson in the mock draft exercise we do every day, Seth, at 740. We pick a mock draft and kind of dig into it. Um, We've seen him rising lately. We've seen one. There was one that had the Colts trading up to number one to get him. So that would imply that not only are the Colts willing to take a project that has to sit for a year, but they'd be willing to move up to number one to go do it. Um, So it's interesting. You asked me the other day, like when we were talking about quarterbacks, you asked me point blank, do you think Nick Casario – with, I forget how you phrase it, but like, is, an, is he an Anthony Richardson kind of guy? Yeah. And my gut feeling is just no. I think he's. I think Nick has said on our show, and in other places, that when he's prioritized quarterback things, he mentions the accuracy and the anticipation and the the, the dissecting of defenses and all those things that Anthony, Anthony Richardson may get very good at at some point soon. Yeah. But we know that Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud are good at those things right now. You know they're good at that. They're more mechanically sound. I mean, Bryce Young by a long shot. And with, with Anthony Richardson, a lot of it has to do with, man, yeah, there's that raw ability there, and he makes some incredible plays. It's just that he's – much like Will Levis, in a lot of ways, there's times where they're so mechanically wrong or they're so scattershot or erratic that it makes you nervous that, okay, is he actually going to tamp that out of his game? With Richardson, it's easier to say, all right, well, he hasn't had as many opportunities to do it as Will Levis. Where with Will Levis, Will Levis, I look at Will Levis and I'm like, okay, he's a rich kid who I'm guessing had all the best quarterback tutors growing up, and he's had plenty of time to stamp out some of this nastiness in his mechanics. Why has he not done it? With Richardson, I think it's easier to say, like, all right, well, he's he all he also wasn't throwing to much talent at all at Florida. He's trying to play in the SEC, playing with a bunch of substandard wide receivers this year, and just like you know Trey Lance last year or two years ago, just hasn't had hasn't had that much opportunity to put stuff on film. I could see a lot of teams. Going for the upside of Richardson more so than Levis, where they feel like okay, I, I feel like the the issues are more known and solidified with Levis. Yeah, the the, the the crazy plays for Richardson are off the charts crazy. Right, right. His upside is just <laughs> yeah. nuts. Yeah, and it doesn't. And I think when people start bringing in a lot of the old other notorious busts, guys that were very physically talented, I think it's important to note that. For the most part, the stuff I've heard of Anthony Richardson in terms of his talent and character and all that, it's night and day from Jamarcus Russell. Yes. You know, he's not – like, like I, I think people hear 
raw guy with an incredible arm and take him high. And for whatever reason, their mind goes to uh, Jamarcus Russell um, or Ryan Leaf or somebody. Those guys had those guys had character problems and issues and concerns. A lot that stuff doesn't get reported as much these days because people nobody wants to be the Nolan Naraki that gets run out of the business because yep. of it. But Anthony Richardson, people, several people have gushed about just he's a mature kid. He's a good and kid. like there's he's you're not gonna have to worry about him not working at it. Dude, he was studying to be a firefighter in high school. He was in high school studying to be a firefighter. How about that? It's an interesting factoid. In what way was he? Uh, it was a special. Was like he was taking a, classes, or were you just drawing pictures of fire? Trucks? I don't know. No, if he, he was, was taking classes, the school that, I'd be that he went to. I read an article yeah. about it. And the school that he went to had a program for people that wanted to become first responders. Really? Yeah, oh, and he was okay. studying to become a firefighter. Is he gonna? Is his mom gonna consider him a failure if he chooses the NFL? That's a good question. Or will he fight crime in his spare time like a superhero? Was it John Weeks was a volunteer firefighter for he a was. while? Was he? Yeah, not? yeah, yeah. yeah. And he still helps. Now them he's out. getting a million dollars a year long snapping. I would say it worked out well for him. Does um, he still volunteer firefight? I don't know. I don't think he does. We talked to him about this a while back. Yeah, I, I, that feels like something that the, an NFL contract might prohibit. It feels like something, <laughs> too, that like, when you're a long snapper, you don't want they the prohibit GM. prohibit playing basketball. It's nothing you want the GM to find out about. Like, oh, great, this is what I got to worry about yeah. is my long snapper. Right, right. You know, right. trying to save a cat from a fire <laughs> exactly. or something, and now all of a sudden I don't have a long snapper. <laughs> it would be no. different for donate sure. Donate some money to the fire department. Do your. You can be a good citizen, but don't. Don't be the actual person. And that just can yet. fill your void when you're done long snapping. Yes. Well, what was the yeah, Shaq was a peace officer, right? He was something. He became a peace officer. Yeah. I don't know what that means. I don't either. I don't either. I I I've got to be honest. If I was committing a crime and Shaq came up and said stop doing that, I would stop doing that. Uh, just okay. I would run, especially the way he moves. <laughs> I would say, days. I would say, okay, sir, and then run. Yeah, it's got to be polite. <laughs> I wouldn't run, actually. Yeah. I'm, a, <laughs> I'm here for a pain. Kids, don't freaking run, okay? <laughs> pain Whatever you do, Shaq. don't run. Uh, let's hear more about Anthony Richardson. This was uh, Daniel Jeremiah. Oh, sorry, yeah. real quick, since yeah. you had mentioned it. Uh, on those mock drafts, he's consensus right now is in 52% of mock drafts, on NFLMockDraftDatabase.com, he's going to the Panthers at 9. Panthers at 9 is yeah. about where I've seen him quite a bit, yeah. Um, which is interesting because they have a new head coach. They need a quarterback. I, it, it, yeah, we'll see. Um, Daniel Jeremiah was on the Pat McAfee show yesterday. Daniel Jeremiah, former, former NFL scout. He's now part of the uh, NFL Network. Uh, has his own mock draft, the whole nine yards. Here is, uh, here's Pat McAfee and Daniel Jeremiah discussing Anthony Richardson. Let's talk about the guys. Anthony Richardson's stock is going to Malik Willis this year, right? Or this year. That's he. It is going to go through. Remember, Malik gave his jacket to a homeless person he did, right? yep. on the street here in Indianapolis. That yep. was just a part of the whole thing. Threw mm-hmm. the ball, ran well. His highlights at Liberty were incredible. He gave us. He was almost going to be a first rounder after nobody even knew who he was before Indianapolis. Anthony Richardson is going to be that guy this year. I think he's got more ability uh, than Malik. Like there's more. Well, and also he played at Florida as opposed yeah, to. Yeah, but like you mm-hmm. were you at the uh, Utah game. The, I was not Dan Orlovsky. Okay, maybe or, I heard somebody talking Orlovsky about it. Orlovsky said he loved him. Yeah, like I've said, if you were if you were in, in an alien spaceship and you landed, and that's the only week of college football that you watched, and you watched every game, you'd say that's the best player in the country. Like he's that gifted. So it's all there. It, it's just a matter of you know getting it out of him, going to the right place. I think he needs to sit. I know there's some disagreement on that. Mm. You have a guy who's raw. Some people say oh, he needs to play and get. No, to me, this is the Mahomes plan. Let him let him sit, let him learn, let him develop, clean some stuff up, and then you, you could have a huge payout. 
So that was what? Daniel. That was Daniel Jeremiah. I, I I understand what McAfee was going for there, but like, I, does he know that Malik Willis went in the third round? He does, but <laughs> yeah, the, but but to his point, there was a buzz about Malik Willis that had him going in the top ten for a I while. Guess, yeah, I know, but I guess that's where, kind of like, a cautionary. That's where tale. I guess, but but I think that um, so I guess. But that's kind of like what the media was saying. That that, that had nothing to do with NFL teams actually felt or thought. Right. Uh, and, well, and Anthony Richardson is all where, already considered a guy that will likely go in the top 15. Yeah. So I feel like the I, – I don't I don't get the comparison necessarily. Anyways. Anyway. Anyway. Yeah. Um, and I think that the – I think a lot of the Anthony Richardson buzz started before the combine. And a lot of that comes from – really the big thing was Daniel Jeremiah just disclosed that – he was elevating Anthony Richardson because of what he had actually heard from NFL teams. Daniel Jeremiah is he, you know, he was a former scout who evaluates guys and he does his own power rankings. But when he starts talking about the mock draft, he bases that on what he's hearing from teams. Like in last year's mock draft 1.0 for Daniel Jeremiah, he didn't have Mac Jones going in the first round. By the end of it, he had him going to the 49ers, the, the number three overall pick, um, or two years ago. Yeah, yeah. Obviously. So I, I think the, that's probably what's happened with Anthony Richardson. It's not that people are watching Anthony Richardson and thinking, like, you know what, I've reevaluated him. It's that they're starting to talk to more scouts and coaches that they trust, and they're, they're realizing, okay, that's, yeah, these teams actually feel There's that enough way about buzz. Him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I get, I, I get what you're saying with the Willis part, too. Will, Willis was more media fueled. There's actual, st- it's not just sizzle, there's stake going on with Anthony Richardson uh, and, and, and the pro scouts and what. Well, and Richardson's just more impressive in like almost definitely every more way. physically, physically impressive. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's and that's why well, you know a, in his passing ability too, even his upside. Yeah, he's just he's more impressive. When when Jeremiah is referring to that Utah game, that was the game in week one where Utah went into the swamp, and I believe I, I can't remember who won that game, but Utah was a top ten team. I remember I don't remember who won the game. I remember Anthony Richardson. Yeah, because that was week one, and that was where all of a sudden Anthony Richardson found himself. Like, you know, after week one, but still like, okay, maybe this guy should have been in the Heisman race before the year. That was the game where they had the two-point conversion play where Anthony Richardson was swarmed under by three guys and was throwing the ball. And you thought he was, you thought he got rid of it or he fumbled it. And all of a sudden you look and he gets loose from all three guys. It turns out, no, he had just pump faked it. And then he finds a guy wide open in the back of the end zone. Yeah. And I think it's, it's funny. Some of the clips that I'll see where people are gushing about his pocket presence, I think that's where maybe the biggest difference in opinion is. It's that, and when people say he's raw, I think he's perfectly willing to stay in the pocket, but it's his freakish natural ability that's allowed him to stay alive in yeah. some of those pockets where it doesn't look it doesn't look the same as the guys. Like Bryce Young, when he stays in the pocket, he's kind of like taking a couple steps to the left, stepping up or something. Anthony Richardson, it's like he's a superhero who's bouncing around Almost like it looks like he's gonna Spider Man his way out of the stadium sometimes, and he's kind of bouncing around within the pocket, and guys are falling off of him. But it's it's hard to visualize that working in the NFL, yeah. you know. So it's not the same level of poise as as Bryce Young. I think the fact that he shows that willingness to do it and the and the ability to keep looking downfield 
that's what's going to excite NFL teams because it's you know what what you hate to see is the guy that's super athletic and just at the first sign of the first read being gone he's gone you know he's out of the pocket right. or, or even he's scrambling you might stay behind the line of scrimmage but he's scrambling super early I think that part is what's going to sell somebody on okay yeah this guy's he's got Something the right there. stuff yeah he's just got to he's got to refine it well the, and by the way Florida did win that game against Utah twenty nine twenty six that's why he was being discussed as a Heisman candidate. If they draft Anthony Richardson, I'll tell you who the pressure goes squarely on. If they being the Texans, uh, Gerard Johnson. Yeah, oh yeah, Gerard Johnson. This will be his first Ooh. big project as quarterback coach. And Gerard, Gerard, who's got a different background than a lot of NFL coaches because he spent time doing the private quarterback tutoring, and and we've talked about this before. There's a matter of just getting that many reps with that many different quarterbacks. A lot of times when you get to the highest level of anything, some of the guys. Some coaches or trainers or whoever it might be, they suffer from not getting as many reps as they did when they were younger because they're working with a very select group of athletes. And you're, sometimes your brain can kind of get in a rut. And I think that Gerard Johnson has probably learned some lessons a lot of other NFL coaches. And remember, I told you, Greg Roman, Greg Roman was elevated to quarterback's coach for the first time in his career when – he was elevated to quarterbacks coach for David Carr, or yeah, David Carr, um, with the Texans back in 2003 or four or whenever it was. And, you know, he'd had very few reps being a quarterbacks coach. This is different. Like Gerard Johnson's the absolute opposite. He's been a quarterback as a professional in multiple different leagues, multiple different schemes, and he's worked with kids at every level in. The you know and seeing a whole lot of different issues that part excites me about Gerard. I I'm excited about Gerard. I wonder what I wonder which quarterback as purely as a coach, yeah, not as a Texans employee, um, just as a coach would excite Gerard Johnson to to coach. You know, would he, yeah, is it because he's actually coached C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young before at the at the Elite Eleven camps? Not like he was their high school coach or something, but he's he knows both guys. Yeah, and he might have said, you know, he probably identified some things that they needed to work on at that time. He might still see some of them, some of the issues there. Some have been ironed out. But yeah. I, where I'm coming at it from is, would he like to coach the more finished product or the more raw product that has a higher ceiling. I would admit, yeah, that's a tough one because, like, with no pressure of getting fired, I'm, I'm guessing the raw guy. Yeah. But it's always a, it's a results-based business. That's why I separate the two. Yeah. Like, the quarterback coach, like, oh, this seems like a fun project. And this is your – The Houston Texans employee side of it that yeah. wants to remain employed. And this is your first marquee job. That's right. Yeah. That's right. I, yeah, I've had to be – I mean, if you ask Gerard Johnson, he's going to give you the exact right answer, which is I care what's best for the team. Yeah. But, but yeah, if you were being – Completely selfish and just what was best. Like, what would he actually want to work on? I bet it would be Anthony Richardson. We'll just do the next best thing and ask Lopez during the toss. Okay, this Who is knows what... Gerard since he was a kid? We'll let Lopez speak for him. <laughs> what would be more impressive to people outside of the organization? It would be Anthony Richardson. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's, what, that's what gets you an offensive coordinator job somewhere in like two years. You know who wants Bryce Young? The offensive line coach. Because if you keep him healthy, yeah. then all of a sudden the offensive line gets the credit because yeah. you, you kept this this uh, 132 Dude, pound wrestler I, it, healthy. It's true. <laughs> I know. I mean, that's how it works. So without, yeah, I think for Gerard Johnson, if he were to work with Anthony Richardson for a couple of years and and Richardson ends up like just being the complete deal, yeah, that would be a really nice. Steichen just staff. got a head coaching job for coaching Jalen Hurts, calling plays for Jalen Hurts, and, for a year and, and Justin half. Herbert. You know, and Justin Herbert. Yeah, too, yeah, yeah. So he had, and Justin Herbert played. You know, just the best thing that happened with Justin Herbert in terms of Shane Steichen was that Justin Herbert was Rookie of the Year, and then it felt like he kind of got 
stymied and hit a glass ceiling well, after, he, after Steichen was gone. What, it, what would happen is Bobby Slowick would get a head coaching job and Gerard would get bumped up to OC. Yeah. Next, you know, he'd, yeah. he'd be on deck. So I love that we're already planning where all of our coaches are going to be going for their next promotion. It's tough, yeah. I'm, I've, I've been kind Instead of, of wondering why that, they all got hired. After that, it would be better <laughs> for the Texans actually to win a Super Bowl this year because then maybe teams are still going to be less likely to, yeah. to feel like Slowick is the – That's true. I'll be I really upset if they choose next year instead of this year. I choose this year. Yeah, yeah I'm with you on that one. All right, Payne and Pendergast with you. We are live in Florida, Astros spring training. Uh, we will be there today. The Red Sox coming to town. Hunter Brown on the mound. Let's talk some Astros in the next segment. Um, observations from yesterday. Uh, one player adapting to the new rules better than I think we could have even anticipated. And one player whose injury continues to be a huge, huge topic around spring training. Big thanks to Shoppers John Deere and Academy Sports and Outdoors for bringing us down here to Florida. We will hit some Astros talk next. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 